whirling swiftly or barely moving. The pendulum in the gilt clock was as irregular as a cork bobbing on a fishing line. The wind had got into the electricity also, and the hands of that clock pointed where they pleased. When I told my father what was happening, he said, Yes, time is getting ready to stop. Stop? Yes, for our family at least. Time will have to stop for us, and it's hard to think how it can start up again. I don't understand, I said. If we lose your grandmother, if Annie Barbara Sorrels dies, a world dies with her, and you and I and your mother and little sister will have to begin all over. Our time will be new and hard to keep track of. The time your grandmother knew was a steady time that people could trust but you can see for yourself that we are losing it. The clocks read 1021, 3.35, 9.06, 4.06. Yes, I see, I said, but I still don't understand. He seemed not to hear. This is a solid house, he said, as solid as your granddaddy ever built. But can't you feel a trembling in this awesome wind? If the wind that has come upon us can make this house unsteady, it's no wonder what great damage it can do to time. Time is so flimsy. It's invisible. Is Grandmother going to die? Your mother thinks so. What do you think? I can't bear to think. Neither can I, I said. But what are we going to do? We will watch the clocks at their strange antics, my father said. We will listen to the wind whisper and weep and tell again those stories of women that your mother and grandmother needed for you to hear. We will hope that this house stays rooted to its earth and is not carried away by the wind into the icy spaces beyond the moon. Do you think that can happen? I don't know, he said but I'm going to hang on here as tight as I can. It was true. When I looked at his hand on the arm of his rocking chair, his knuckle bones shone as white as if his skin had been peeled off them. The Traveling Women Jesus, Jesus, oh, now Jesus, they said or thought. Now show your sweet face. Oh, daughter, my grandmother said or thought, the hardest is to know that you must come this way too sometime. We must all of us die, my mother said or thought. I cannot bear it you are going away. After you are gone and if I can learn to live with that, it will be easier for me to die. Nothing will make it easier my grandmother said. Not even having you by my side right now makes it easier. No matter how much you are with me, I am still alone. I'm right here. Yes, but I'm alone. I can't well say how alone I am. Do you remember once when you climbed up into the big poplar in the back pasture and stayed there all day and didn't come down and nobody knew? And then, just about dark, 
you showed up in the yard and looked in through the window at us eating supper. You commenced crying then tears as big as seed corn. And I heard you when I came out and you hugged my waist and said you were crying because you thought none of us remembered you. You said it was like you had passed away to another world and was not one of us any longer. I had forgotten, my mother said or thought. But now when you remind me, I remember. You were still wearing your apron and I pressed my face against the pocket and there was a paring knife in it and a ribbon of apple peel. And I stood back and began pulling the apple peel out like I was untying a present and forgot all my sorrow. Did you now? I don't remember that part. There was always something in your pocket. A spool of white thread with a needle slipped down the side. A little ball of string or seagull.